Most organizations and individuals fail to learn from their mistakes. Most organizations risk failure by discouraging alerts to potential problems. Most individuals are more likely to stay quiet than identify potential risks or speak openly about potential downsides and failures. This kind of hierarchical privilege culture breeds fear and it breeds anxiety. This kind of hierarchical privilege culture needs to be erupted if you're going to evolve organizations and individuals who thrive on a growth mindset. So how can we learn and grow from the bad so that we're more willing to learn and grow from failure and when things don't go quite as we expected? On this podcast, Jag Bassi, Data Futures Director at Nationwide Building Society, will be sharing with us how he's managed to evolve a growth mindset for himself and for his teams. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast, a podcast by Belonging Pioneers and Culture Lab Consultancy about the questions and ideas around the hidden barriers to achieving our diversity, equity and inclusion goals. This is where we explore and test out our ideas with amazing guests who've done or are doing the work. If you'd like to explore how a growth mindset would be valuable for you and your organization, you can book a call with us using the link in the show notes. We promise that you'll leave that call with a new opening for action around your growth mindset. So before we begin, let me tell you a little bit about JAG. I've had the pleasure of working with JAG during a nationwide project to increase diversity at the director level and beyond. Jag is a British West Midlands black country born son of Indian immigrants who arrived in the UK in the 1960s with no more than a few pounds in their pockets and a desire to work and earn. He was brought up as a Sikh, so his outward appearance purposefully made him stand out more in the crowd, and he was raised to be proud of his heritage. He has experienced the blunt end of racism, fist and boot, and has equally stood up for himself. By applying his growth mindset, Jag has achieved director-level positions, including at Nationwide and Barclays. So today we're exploring how a growth mindset enables success for individuals and organizations. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. So welcome to this episode on considering, as part of this season, we've been talking about what are the barriers that exist in the wider culture of our organization when, we're, when it comes to thinking about erupting our privileged culture. And it's perhaps the sorts of things that we don't necessarily consider in the traditional DNI space or the EDIB space. And where we're taking this conversation is in those areas that I, I, we think that is absolutely crucial to erupting privilege. 
So in this conversation, we want to focus on growth mindset and what it means for organizations. So the important context for growth mindset is that it's 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 an ability, it's an attitude, it's a uh, a skill, it's a, a capability, a competency, it's a willingness as well, right? So growth mindset is all of that and more, and it's 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 about being willing to take that step forward, taking the risk of of maybe failing, but you know actually not just succeeding but failing and learning from those failures. So growth mindset is ready to approach any kind of um, activity with an understanding that it may not always work, but that's okay because it'll be an opportunity to learn. So we as individuals can do that. But I think actually it's also important that organizations and leaders take responsibility to create an environment where we can have a growth mindset because that's going to be one of the fundamental ingredients to erupting privileged culture. So let's open up that conversation. It's really interesting because when we talk about growth mindset, it is about looking at the person in the mirror. It's Mm -hmm. all about looking at yourself and how you can be better tomorrow than you were yesterday. I have yet to come across anybody um, that has a completely fixed mindset. Now, let's just define what that is. You know, having a completely fixed mindset is the belief that no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, no matter how much you practice, no matter what you try to learn, you will never get any better than you were before. So the truth is, I don't think I've ever come across anybody that has a totally 100% fixed mindset. But I do know I've come across many people, and 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 sometimes it happens to me as well, is that we're a mix. We're a mix of believing that we can do it, having that growth mindset, and then sometimes the fixed mindset, the bit, the voice in the back that says, actually, you know, the doors are closed. I can't change. I've tried and tried. It won't work. And that's the voice that closes you down. And that's that internal voice yeah, that everybody has. Yeah. And I think it's always important to remember this this view of kind of you have to let the growth part of you win out. Mm-hmm. You have to have that the positive side of you that believes that tomorrow you can better than you were yeah. yesterday. Be the voice that wins. Because if you don't let that happen, then you will uh, you kind of veer more towards being a, a fixed mindset. Um now I'm a really rational person, really rational, and you know, I, and I and I love methodologies and approaches that have a ton of science and evidence behind them. And, and actually, growth mindset is one of those. So back in this, I think it was in the '60s when the kind of co- the term was coined. It was it was kind of developed in a educational uh, context, and in that educational mm. context, um, there were some experiments that were done, and the experiments had a really night and day, black and white, really clear difference between when you talk to people and you encourage a fixed mindset as opposed to when you talk to students yeah. and you tell yeah. them and actually that their effort is really positive and that they've tried really hard and they learn things on that journey and their performance naturally improves and this time and time again there are studies that show that you know growth mindset isn't just airy fairy it is it's you know it's oh, Evidence grounded, yeah, it's grounded in evidence. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think absolutely. It's important to, just important to to start with that because no, I think that was great. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think that's really good, and I love what you said, Jag. Is that you haven't met anyone who's a hundred percent fixed mindset, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes that fixed mindset comes up, and it's a function of our life experiences, isn't it? And so yeah. we've worked with people who've have 
more of a fixed mindset coming up, especially when they're in underrepresented groups, is that that voice, the little voice in their head, becomes much louder and mm. gets in the way of their success. So, um, Cami, something you said about organizational contexts, I think it's yeah. really important for organizations to look at how do they train and develop their leaders to encourage a growth mindset? Yeah, I, I, I think that's really important. I really do. I think that the leadership development point is is absolutely crucial here in in breaking down those barriers, breaking down those walls, mm. but starting with that growth mindset that mm. that you know that that being part of your culture, not just as an attitude but as a way of being yeah. as an organization yeah yeah but the, um, um, at the mm. heart of at the heart of this though I, I guess growth mindset needs one thing, mm. and that is the ability to be able to make mistakes mm. because if you don't make them mm. you can't learn from them. you can of course learn from other people's mistakes if you pay attention and you observe very carefully that's a good shortcut mm. into getting a growth mindset um but 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 you have to do it you have to yeah. make those mistakes now i think the privilege um element that can sometimes hold back people from ethnic minorities in the workplace often manifests itself in different ways and, and and you can see this sometimes and let me just take the uh you know the, the, the a good example of our outgoing prime minister who's a eaten educated lived with privilege when he makes a mistake everybody kind of looks at him and goes oh well you know he's a bit sweet it's it's just a little uh guff and you know it's a mistake and he'll get back on track again jack, then, jack they don't focus on him they focus on the hair and how he looks yeah. and, and what you know so and, and I have seen in workplace environments sometimes that when mm. people of a minority group sometimes make those mistakes, instead of being just, uh, oh, well, you know, sometimes it happens, let's, you know, move on. It becomes yeah. actually a defining characteristic of who they are. And failure then can sometimes yeah. lead to those doors not opening for you. And and the trouble with that is, the real trouble with that is, if, if that happens to any individual, you know, whether it's from ethnicity or disability or gender or, or sexuality, whatever it is, when it happens a few times, mm. it starts to teach you a lesson in life. The lesson it teaches you is, do you know what? If you keep banging on this door and you keep trying to change, actually, you won't get any better and things won't get any better. Mm. And that's the most dangerous place to be. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's two things that we've got to do there. And that is, as, a, as an organisation, we need to ensure that organisations are much better at ensuring equity when mm. it comes to when allowing people to learn from their mistakes. And the other one is, is that any individual from a minority group needs to, I guess, learn about what the coping mechanisms and strategies would be yeah. in the face of that adversity where your mistakes are yeah. maybe held up as an example of your inferiority more frequently. Yeah. And Jag, I think mm. um, the individuals need to take responsibility for that, but also I think organisations need to look at being aware that that happens and then, you know, developing diverse leaders in a way that they can grow in confidence and they can feel that it's possible for them to be successful. You know, I think that's Do quite you know, important. Think fundamental. It is, Ishreen, and I think fundamental to what you're just saying is just what's cropping up in my mind. And I know we we do the work around this, but I feel like it needs a lot more framing than just as an answer in itself. And that's about increasing confidence. Yeah. And I feel a lot of leaders just tend to say, oh, they just need a bit more confidence to do something like that. But actually, 
not, it's not like you can take account. a confidence tablet, is it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can practice confidence and practice it. It may not be natural for you. Yeah. And that with that, I feel there's a bit of a growth mindset approach to that because you're something doesn't quite work the first time around. You you pivot, you change, you yeah. adapt, you, you know. Um, but if you have a fixed mindset, and Jag, what you were talking to about that that concept of that fixed mindset, for me, that's about I can't do this. Mm. And the can't stops us from being confident. The can't stops us from learning more or new or yeah. being adaptable or learning yeah. from mistakes. Yeah. I mean, in, in my entire career, I've always focused in on elements of my behavior, my style, my leadership, my skills, my expertise, where I've always tried to hone it and improve it. Um, mm. and, and I do so all the time. But in making mistakes, and I have made a number of mistakes over over the many years, when I'm, it's it's imperative that you learn from them. Let's take mm. that as a given for a second. Yeah. I do think how we treat our mistakes and how we visually respond to our own mistakes can often set the tone of the agenda. Okay. So I have, you know, I, I, you know, maybe in my early career, I consistently was transparent, and I put my hands up and I'd go, "I've made a mistake," and I was really clear about it and really vocal about it and i think maybe over time i realized that sometimes that works but there are times when that actually can put you on the back foot um yes. because i watched some of my peers and i watched people around me and sometimes they did fess up and talk about their mistakes and of course i'm assuming they then learn from them as well but there were other times where actually it was more prudent for them to just keep moving through it to move mm. on how what do i need to do next what do i change and how do i fix this rather than lamenting or kind of um re remaining on the point of a, a mistake was made mm. so it's a judgment element here um mm. you know our response to our mistakes is really important you know we can you can either laugh at them you can be totally transparent about them and be vocal yeah. about them mm. you can choose to ignore it and move straight into the next action but but i think making a decision each time that's mm. that's right for the context is is really important i you know as we talk about this i realize that that's still something i'm honing it's still a skill that i'm looking to yeah. improve yeah. and that's always on my growth mindset which is you know i'm not afraid of making mistakes but how should I talk about my mistakes when I do make them? No, it's quite interesting. interesting, isn't it? So it's almost like sometimes you make a mistake and you know what you need to do to correct it. And then, and, and you can correct it in time. And in that case, my thinking would be, well, you know, I'll stay quiet about that. But if I make a mistake and I know it's going to have an impact on a deliverable, then I'll look at, can it be resolved? And if it can't, I would feel responsible for maybe not saying I made a mistake, but looking at how with the team we resolve it. Mm. Mm. And I think that calls to the team culture, the organization culture, enabling, having that enabling environment and, and climate mm. within the team, right? So that you feel safe. And yeah. Jag, we were talking with somebody last week about psychological safety and what you've talked about as well. And I think that's what links up here really nicely is that mm. psychological safety and growth mindset complement each other because it's about speaking up and it's choosing to speak up and it's choosing in which situation mm. do I share or not share? Mm. 
and for you know being very aware of that and making a choice and decision about that and understanding yeah. the impact of not yeah. sharing exactly exactly and, and, and i'll be really transparent with you you know when it comes to uh, owning up to mistakes with my teams i you know, as a leader i have mm. you know in in the last couple of organizations that i've been in I have found it better to be on the front foot and be the first to highlight and shine a light on yeah. my uh, judgments, my decisions and my actions if I think they could have been better. And mm. what I found is what that starts to do is when your teams uh, and people in the organization see you being open yeah. and transparent about development and growth and learning from your mistakes, actually, they start to follow suit um, and, and, and you can move the dial within yeah. an organization of that level yeah. of transparency. Yeah. And and that mm. for the organization is better because problems get solved. But also for the individuals, it's better, right? Because they don't need to carry this kind of guilt and shame around it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jack, look, mm. um, you've spoken about mistakes you've made and, and lessons learned. And I'm really interested in our listeners being able to learn from your wisdom. So what would you say are the top three lessons that you you would love to share with our listeners here? So at, at, the, at the highest level, you know, um, you can't, you can't believe that you will be able to spot all of your mistakes um, and it's not just about mistakes mm. that you'll be able to spot all the areas that you can improve on yourself. So mm. feedback is absolutely essential. It's the raw material with which mm. you can choose to develop that you will use to hone your skills and change your behaviors. So, so you have to get the feedback that you need. So you have to, um, invite feedback. But also you've got to listen to it. And sometimes it can be really tough getting feedback that you don't yeah. like, but yeah. it's really important to to accept it and to listen mm. to it. You, what you choose to do off the back of it is always your own decision, yeah. but but getting the feedback is is raw material. And without that raw material, nothing really, you know, you, you're limited to what you can do. Um, I, I think you should, you know, as part of that, seek out coaching and mentoring opportunities and really yeah. use those to be able to, dig deep and delve into those behaviors and those areas where there is opportunity to improve. Um, and I kind of touched on it earlier, but, but getting feedback from people that you know are going to be quite critical is really essential. Mm, and it's yeah. tough. That's the really tough one. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to act. You don't have to respond there and there and then. You can thank people for the feedback. You can make a note of it. And then you can go away. You can analyze it and think about it, sleep on it, and then mm. decide what you're going to do with it. But there is a, a, there's a degree of... Um, kind of strength um, and confidence that you need to be able to invite. Um, mm, mm, yeah. And you will probably find over time that it's the people that give you the most critical feedback that you will, that you will learn to yeah. love the most because yeah. it has often got some element of insight mm. that maybe you've not been fully aware of or you're aware of, but you choose to ignore. Yeah. Um, so then I think number two, like the big point is – you have to give yourself time to assess that raw material and reflect on it. And you have to give yourself, create some space. You've got to get to the root of your actions and how you behave. Mm -hmm. you know, why do you do what you do? Because if you don't understand it, if you don't know the root cause, yeah. I think it's only ever a kind of sticking plaster over the top in terms yeah. of growth. It's uh, it's just fixing the symptoms um, uh, of, of a problem rather than, 
understanding it and dealing with it. Mm. Um, I'll touch just stop moment. you there if that's all right. Yeah, um, because, because I think it's really worth our audience, our listeners, to just think about this from a practical point of view. Because as you've been speaking, I've been thinking about my own experience in this. You know, the, 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 the experiential bit of, of seeing how feedback can really hit hard and you have to take a step back and think, okay, right, breathe, you know, take a moment, reflect, what is it that you're doing um, that is that needs to change? And so the example I just wanted to share so others can actually, you know, uh, take note for themselves as well when they're, when they're listening into this is that I had a 360 feedback done um, with my direct reports many years ago. And one of the feedbacks I got was that the way I work was having a real big impact on my direct reports. I wasn't aware of that because I was just sort of, this is, we're just getting work done, we're getting work done, we're getting work done. And it was just really interesting to pause and reflect that actually my style of working does not fit with my direct reports style of working and that I wasn't taking into account their needs in, in just being and working the way I did. And they were accommodating me, but I wasn't accommodating them. And it was a really hard, hard listen. Mm -hmm. So you've said, get the feedback you need. So absolutely, definitely think that's that's really important. I agree with you. And ensuring that time to assess and reflect. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more about what you mean on that. But certainly, I think there's something about being ready to listen to that feedback and reflecting on yourself about how your style of being is not always going to fit with those around you. So yeah. what are you prepared to change and adapt? And I think 360s are, uh, are a great example of how you can seek feedback. I think also building relationships, Jag, like you were saying, I think that's even more powerful because once mm. you've got that relationship of trust, you can hear anything. Once you know that person's got your back, you can hear anything they have to say and act on it. So that's, that's where you said people become your best friends. The people mm. who give you the most criticism become your best friends. I think, um, listeners, a good way to set that up, and this is something we do with our clients when they're looking for feedback, is to really set it up like you would set up a 360 to say, look, I want this feedback because I want to develop and grow and I want to be more of a contribution to the organization. Mm. And that's why I'm asking you for your feedback so I'd love your thoughts on what I can do what what I'm already doing well what I could do better and anything that I'm doing that's not working that's really a a, a constructive way to ask people for feedback I think we really hope you enjoyed this episode thank you for joining us our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye.